Isn't that just about the cutest little thing with that little baby there with Esther at the end? But uh, thank you, Esther, for sharing your testimony. And I want to come back to a a few words that she said a little bit later. But let me just uh, start off by asking you, are you a car guy, or I should, should I say car girl? Are you a car person? Do you just love a, a, a tricked-out fancy car? Maybe it's an old antique that's been restored, or maybe it's a brand-new car with all the bells and whistles. I'll admit I'm, I'm not a car guy. I just want a vehicle that gets me from point A to uh, point B, but I can recognize a fancy car when I see one. Uh, recently, my neighbor got a brand-new Porsche, and when Chelsea and I drove by the neighbor's house, we were like, wow, they got a Porsche in the uh, front yard. And uh, Chelsea was out on a walk, and she saw the, uh, the neighbor, or the woman out, uh, out front, and says, hey, I see you guys got a Porsche. And she she kind of looks uh, around and says, midlife crisis, <laughs> speaking of her husband. Chelsea and I, uh, when she got home, uh, she and I had a good laugh about that, a midlife crisis. But in reality, uh, it's, it's kind of a sad thing uh, uh, that it's, it's called a crisis for a reason. Uh, when a person gets partway through their life and they look around and like, uh, where's the fruit? What, what's the, what's, uh, where's the proof that, uh, you know, I've, I've accomplished something in this world? There's, it's really a midlife crisis is really motivated out of a, a sense of uh, emptiness or insignificance like we've just been going through the motions. You know, when I think of going through emotions, it's not only the older uh, uh, people like, that are going through a midlife crisis that I, that I think of, but uh, the, our younger generation, the, who are millennials, are sometimes called the meh generation. Have you ever heard that? Like, I love our millennials, and this may be a stereotype, but the thought is that uh, you ask someone, a, a young adult, how do you feel about things? You want to get involved? Nah. What are you passionate about? What do you, th- what do you want to see happen? Nah. You know, uh, what we might refer to this is we're talking about apathy this, this morning. We're talking about being an overcomer of apathy. We're talking about being an overcomer of just this sense that we're going through the motions. That we're going through. We're just getting by. We go one day at a time, and, and we've lost a sense of significance or value. The, the sense of passion is not there. We're just going through the motions. For me personally, I, I know that I can fall into that uh, trap of apathy where I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Now, a lot of times it'll be when I'm still doing a lot of good things. Like, I can't get away from that. That's, that's my job. I'm a pastor. And so I'll be doing all kinds of good things, but what, will, what sneaks up in me, where apathy sneaks up on me, is when I'm doing the good things, but for the wrong reasons. And uh, I've lost my passion for God, or the passion to grow His kingdom. And what I find myself is that I am simply going through the motions. You know, we, uh, the Bible refers to this as being lukewarm. And I think that any uh, Christian who has uh, been a believer in Jesus for any length of time finds there are, there are times in his or her life where they just feel lukewarm, apathetic about their, about their faith. Now, it could uh, 
an unbeliever as well that they just look at their life and they wonder where's the meaning and the significance to it. But the good news is that God has called us to be overcomers. Like this is the good news of God's plan for us, that we are not meant to be just going through the motions. So let me just say that lukewarmness is a common issue and it's a major problem. Like lukewarmness is a common issue. I think everyone struggles with this. If you are here this morning and you say, I'm just never feeling apathetic, I never feel like I'm going through the motions, great, good for you. Enjoy the rest of your day. But if you, can cla- if you are here and you're like, you're with me and you think, yes, uh, I struggle. At times I just feel like in my relationship with God or maybe I feel like just in my life I find myself going through the motions. It's a common issue and it's a major problem. The reason I say it's a major problem is because I th- uh, none of us, I think, want to live that way. None of us want to go through life and at the end just feel like we're going through the motions. None of us wants to lose that excitement or that passion for the Lord. Like, we all want to feel that. That's how God's called us to live. That's the seed He's planted in us for, by being created in the image of God. And it's a, it's a major problem. We feel it in our hearts, but it's also a major problem because I know that's how God feels about it. Look what he says about lukewarmness in Revelation 3.16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. He's saying, hey, I, this hot nor cold, I've had enough of that. Either you're, you're in the game and play hard or sit on the bench. Enough of this uh, just kind of going through the motions. And he says, I, because of that, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. It's a, it's a gross scene. It's a gross picture, actually, an image. If you've got something that you uh, bite into and it's really gross, what do you do? You spit it into a napkin. This is the only uh, time this Greek word is used in all of the Bible. It's a, it's a vivid image. It could be translated to gag or to throw up. You see, Jesus is writing these words to some Christians in the first century, and he says, your lukewarmness is repulsive to me. And I think as we go along in this sermon, and even as we just analyze our lives, we would recognize that we want to be overcomers of apathy. Like we are really, uh, th- this, is, this is repulsive to us. But like I said, this is a common issue and a major problem. And so I know this morning I'm speaking to some of you directly. This is maybe where you are at in your life. And maybe it's even the result of the pandemic. It's just been hard. You, we're stuck in our homes and, and we're not able to get out and have those interactions with others. What do we do when we feel like in our life and in our faith that we have grown apathetic? How do we overcome lukewarmness? Well, the good news is that the, that we're, the context of this verse right here gives us God's direction, God's uh, directives and his guidance. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the full length of this letter. It is written to a church in Laodicea, which was a church in Asia Minor in the first century. Now, we don't know a lot about this church. 
Uh, there's a couple mentions of the, ch- of the church in Laodicea in the New Testament. But, th- but what we have here in Revelation 3 is probably the mo- uh, most of the content that we uh, have about this church. So, scholars, that, scholars think that it was probably planted by Paul because it's close to some cities that we know uh, Paul planted churches in, in Colossae and in Ephesus. And so chances are at least it was influenced by Paul. But this is a city that we know is very well-to-do. In fact, one piece of history that we have outside of the Bible is that we know in 65 AD there was a major earthquake. And uh, they were under, uh, in the Roman territory, and so Rome came to them and said, let us give you money to repair your city. And uh, the Laodiceans said, nope, we don't want your money. We got enough, we will take care of ourselves. And so uh, John is now writing down Jesus' words to Laodicea. The book of Revelation, if you're not really familiar with the Bible, you may still know this, that the book of Revelation is the very last book in the Bible. We call all of these books, but they're really, uh, but it makes up one book. They're really uh, letters and collected books of poetry. And what we have in the last book is really a a recollection, a recording of an image that Jesus, that John got. John is on the island of Patmos as a prisoner. And uh, they had set aside this island because nobody wants to vacation on the island of Patmos. It's just like a rock in the middle of nowhere. And so so they just use it as a place to send their prisoners. And John has been arrested for following Jesus. And he's out on this island in which the sun is just baking him day after day. And all he has time to do is pray and worship God. And in that spirit of being a lover of Jesus and a disciple of him, Jesus comes and reveals himself to him and says, write down what I'm going to speak to you. And so he begins to write the book of Revelation. And Revelation starts with seven letters to seven churches. Laodicea is the seventh of the, of the seven letters. And so to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. In other words, these are the words of Jesus. He is the Amen. He's the faithful and true uh, witness. He's the ruler of God's creation. And this is what uh, Jesus thinks about the Laodiceans. He says, I know your deeds. In other words, I look at your actions, I look at your life, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Isn't that a, uh, isn't that a graphic scene that Jesus is so uh, fed up with this idea of lukewarmness that he says, I'm about, I'm just, I'm on the verge I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And then Jesus goes on to say, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. In other words, uh, you, say, you've got it. you think you can just rely on yourself. You think you've got it all together. Remember how the Rome came and said, let, me, let us give you money to rebuild your city? That same attitude is creeped within the church. They say, I've got it all together. I'm rich. I don't need a thing. 
And here is the first step towards apathy. We forget how much we need God. We think we can just take care of our lives ourselves. We forget that we're sinners in the hands of an angry God. We forget that uh, God is holy and he looks upon us and he loves us. But we need his salvation. We need his forgiveness. You see, when that thought not only creeps into our minds but settles down into our hearts, that is the path towards lukewarmness. And uh, let me back up and finish that verse uh, real quick. Uh, Jesus says, uh, uh, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and need not a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, this is how you think of yourselves? You need to get a right perspective because this is how I see you. So here's the spiritual principle for us to remember. When you uh, are spiritually dry and just getting by, you've begun to self-rely. When you're spiritually dry and just getting by, you've begun to self-rely. In other words, you've begun to uh, just become very focused on yourself, relying on yourself, and you forget that you need God. You see, this problem that the Laodiceans had is a problem that we could easily have in America. In fact, America might be almost a mirror image of what we see in Laodicea. We are so prosperous here. We get so comfortable. Now, comfort is a blessing. I love comfort. In fact, I got my favorite uh, recliner chair at home. I love to just sit in the remote. Uh, a button on, the, uh, on my remote can get me all the entertainment in the world I like. Uh, comfort is a blessing. I got an app on my phone that I could order a pizza, and it'll be here before this worship service is over. Lots of blessings to comfort. But let me just say this. Uh, comfort is not only a blessing, but it can be a curse as well. Why? Because being comfortable leads to the desire to be more comfortable. And this is what the path of apathy leads to. When we have grown so comfortable in our lives that we find ourselves just going through the motions. And what God is calling us to is to break out of our comfort zones and to live for him. This is what we are going to see in Revelation 3. And so let me uh, just give us the big idea right now, and then we're going, to, we're going to go back to what I've read, and we're going to look ahead. But here is the big idea of this sermon. When you find yourself just going through the motions, you need to set in motion a plan to serve others and to seek God. That's the whole gist of this sermon. That's the whole uh, gist of overcoming apathy. When you find yourself just going through the motions, you need to set in motion a plan to serve others and to seek God. That's how we overcome apathy. You see, in this passage, Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, I know your deeds. I look upon you and I see you're not serving anyone. You're just relying on yourself and you're self-focused. And this is, what, this is part of our struggle when we, grow, when we become lukewarm in our faith. We're just simply concerned with me, myself, and I. Taking care of myself. And Jesus is, uh, Jesus is planting the seed in our heart that we are to live for others. To serve others. If you want to break free of apathy, you've got to understand what breaks your heart. 
And when you understand what breaks your heart and that lines up with what breaks God's heart, then you're on the path to living a passionate life that Jesus has called you to live. And so let me ask you that question today. What breaks your heart? What do you want to do to serve others? There's all kinds of things. The good news is that, that uh, what breaks my heart might be different than what breaks your heart. And that's okay because that's the body of Christ. God has give, burdened us with all with different things. But uh, what breaks your heart that breaks the heart of God? Some of you just have such a love for kids. Would love to be able to uh, come alongside of a young person and to make an impact in their life. And maybe that's your motivation for being a coach or a tutor or a teacher or, or helping out in the KWP ministry. You love kids and you want to see God work in the lives of young people. Some of you look at what's been happening in the, in the news about racial injustice and this was what breaks your heart. Just long for the, the justice of God to rain down. Some of you have a heart to care for God's creation and, and to care for the environment. Other of you have a heart to minister to the poor or to help those that are struggling with drug or alcohol addiction or those that are coming out of an abusive relationship or those that, uh, that are stuck in the foster system. And it could be a number of things. Maybe you have a heart to serve the Lord by leading worship here at the church or by helping out with the youth ministry. But what you need to do as we talk about overcoming apathy, because I know that we all wrestle with this at one time or another, part of what you need to do is develop a plan for serving others. A plan for serving others. This past week we had a, a training for our tutoring ministry. And, and I'll admit that as we have begun to get names of these kids, and, and we'll have several of them here on the church grounds this week to, to tutor them, we're tutoring third and fourth graders. And all of them are at least two grade levels behind in either vocabulary or phonics. And uh, it breaks my heart that a little third grader would be uh, reading at a first grade level or fourth grader would have the vocabulary of a second grader. And, uh, and, it's, and, that, and that, uh, that, that touches my heart, but it, touch, it, it also um, uh, taps into what my real passion is, and that is to reach this community and to see this church be passionate about God. When we talk about serving others and having a plan to serve others, like this, this sermon is really just my passion. I want to see this church, West Covina Christian Church, be passionate about Jesus and, and reaching this community and discipling those who would choose to follow Jesus. That's my passion. That's what keeps me up at night and wakes me up in the morning. And we need to all have a plan. Now, I, I emphasize we have to set in motion a plan because it's one thing just to say, oh, I'd like to do this or that. It's another thing to have a plan. And so what's your plan? How are you going to be used by God? Because when you have a plan and when you begin to serve in the areas that uh, God wants you to serve, you'll notice that the passion for God is stirred up within you. Now all of a sudden you'll give generously. Where before you were maybe giving begrudgingly, now you give generously and cheerfully because you, your heart is in it. 
And then you're not serving just out of a sense of duty, like that's what you're supposed to do. You'll serve because you want to serve. And you'll give your time and your money and your energy and your talents, and, and it will it'll flow from you. And that is the, how we overcome apathy. Our hearts are broken. I know this is a lot, and so I just want to read a prayer for you. And because uh, I know all this has got to come from God. You know, God's got to move in our hearts. You've got to set a plan. You've got to do it, but it's, it's a work of God too. And so I'm going to read what is called the Franciscan Blessing. And uh, some of you may not want me to read this over you because it's a pretty radical prayer. But I really believe this is a prayer that breathes life into our souls. May God bless you with discomfort and easy answers and half-truths and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice and oppression and the exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the, in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. That's my prayer for you today. May God bless you. As I said, it's a blessing and a curse, but it's a blessing. May God bless you with discomfort. May God bless you with anger towards uh, injustice. May God bless you with tears, and may God bless you with a, enough foolishness to believe that you can actually make a difference. And the truth of the matter is, when God answers that prayer in your heart, apathy is long gone, and our hearts actually become alive because this is the way that God has created us to live. So when we find ourselves just going through the motion, we need to set in motion a plan to serve others and to seek God. Seeking God is kind of a two-part uh, message this morning. Serving others and seeking God. Seeking God is the second uh, part of how we overcome apathy. And so what is your plan to seek God? Where we find this in the text is Revelation 3.20. And it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Is that not just the most beautiful picture of a relationship with Jesus? Nothing could be better than to sitting down across the table and sharing dinner with a friend. And this is what our relationship with Jesus ought to look like. Just to have that warm fellowship, that, that love of sitting down with him across the table. I'll have to admit my favorite part of the day is uh, the, day, the time when I get to sit down with my Bible open and I just get to read the scriptures and pray to God. It's my favorite part of the day. And, uh, and I've got a plan. I know exactly where I'm going to be at each day. And, uh, and, I, and I've got a journal there that I write out my prayers. I've got a, number, a certain number of minutes that I'm going to spend in my quote-unquote devotional time. Now, I'm not going to give you my plan to be your plan. You develop your own plan. 
But the thing is, you've got to have a plan. Some of you at the beginning of this pandemic period, you said six months ago, uh, I'm going to use this time to draw close to the Lord. I'm going to seek God. And some of you have. Some of you are more fired up for Jesus right now than you've ever been. And some of you are more uh, lukewarm than you have ever been. The difference between those that are seeking God with all their hearts and those that aren't is the difference of whether or not you had a plan. And when we have a plan, it takes discipline, yes. But it's not a discipline that uh, creates burden. It's a discipline that creates joy because we are created to be in relationship with Jesus. He's knocking on the door of our hearts. Would we let him in? That's the idea that we have to open the door. He's knocking. He's taking the initiative. He wants to come into your life, but you've got to open the door. Pretty regularly, several times a week, I get a call on my cell phone, and the caller ID comes up as scam likely. You get those calls? Scam likely? <laughs> I get a lot of those calls for some reason, and every time, you probably do what I do. You hit the silence button on the side of the phone. You never pick up a scam likely call. I don't want to hear from those people. They don't, uh, all they want to do is sell me solar panels or refinance my house or something. Uh, they don't have my best interests in mind. And here Jesus is. Do we treat Jesus like a scam likely call? Jesus is wanting to come into our hearts, and the, the good news is that he's not there just to sell us something. He's there to actually bring meaning and purpose into our lives. You see, when we think of lukewarmness or apathy, what, what makes it so repulsive is that it's a life that has very little meaning or significance. Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts, and he said, let me in. I'll bring meaning and significance to our lives. Do you not recognize that when we live in service to others and in seeking God, like that truly is the best life possible? About a month before the pandemic started, uh, probably about seven months ago, I was talking with someone uh, here at the church, and uh, Basically, they were describing exactly what I'm preaching on today. They came and said, you know what, uh, Pastor Corey, I just feel very apathetic in my faith. I just feel like I'm going through the motions. Uh, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've lost the passion. I, I'm lukewarm. And I said, okay, well, um, I listened for a long time, and then, I, and then I basically tried to start giving a little bit of advice, some guidance from God's Word like we're doing this morning. And I, and I said, uh, well, would you, do you have a heart to serve in the church? Because maybe that could awaken something within you. And he said, you know what? I'm just so busy right now. I, I don't have time to serve. And I said, well, how about you, you get a Bible reading plan and you just spend time, you discipline yourself to spend time in God's Word every day. Uh, you know, I'm just not much of a reader. I don't, I don't think that would work for me. Well, okay, well, join a small group Bible study, and, and that way you'd have some accountability and you can get into God's Word that way. Again, I just don't have the time. Well, how about you spend time in every day in prayer? You know what? I, I've tried it. I just can't uh, seem to pray. And eventually I just had to say, and I, and I, was, I tried to be kind about it, but I'm like, brother, I, nothing I can do for you. You got to set in motion a plan. <laughs> like, uh, you got to set in motion a, a, a desire to seek God, or otherwise you're going to continue to 
struggle and your apathy for a long, long time. And that's my hope for all of us this morning, brothers and sisters, that we would recognize the invitation that is being offered to us. And maybe this morning you are tuning into this, watching this service, and, and you're not a follower of Jesus. But something resonates with you in this message, and you find yourself, you've just been going through the motions, and, and you think, there's got to be more to life than this. And there is. This is what God is calling us to, to place our faith in Him, to set our life in motion towards serving others and seeking God. And maybe you're here watching this this morning, and you've been a believer for a long time, but you've fallen into that trap of going through motions. You've been apathetic. And so is the good news this morning, when you find yourself just going through the motions, you need to set in motion a plan to serve others and to seek God. Brothers and sisters, that's the good news. That's life. That's the abundant life that Jesus came to offer. He's knocking on the door of our hearts this morning. Would we let him in? Would we live in fellowship and passion with it for him? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you take the initiative to knock on the door of our hearts. And God, we pray that we would hear that knock and that we would answer it. It's a beautiful invitation. God, we really just want to enter into that kind of meaningful, valuable uh, life of significance and purpose. A life that is lived serving others and seeking you. Like that's the best life possible. And so, God, I pray that you would stir within our hearts a desire and then that you would give us the plan and help us to form the plan because we want to be intentional about this. It's going to take discipline, God, but, man, it's worth it. And so, God, may you help us. We thank you for your love that is given to us in Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.